Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me tonight for episode 7 of the Sonar Ulfra Kindred. This is your host, Dustin. I want to start off by apologizing. I know I'm a day late on putting this out. I was a little busy yesterday. didn't get the chance to have the time to sit down and record this. Um, but I wanted to send a quick shout-out uh, to everyone listening. I am now at over 100 views in the first six episodes. I started this, you know, just as a hobby, try and get some information out there for people to listen to, get some knowledge to them, and as a way to venerate the gods myself and, you know, express some of the knowledge that I have that might be helpful for others. I never thought I would get to 100 views in six episodes. This truly makes me proud, uh, really reaffirms that that I want to keep doing this and put it out as much as I can. So again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm humbled to know that people are listening to me. Um, so we're going to start off tonight. We uh, said last week we're going to talk about kindreds, what a kindred is, how you can find a kindred, and what to look for in a kindred. But we're going to start off with our reading from the Havamal. This one is going to be stanza 41. <laughs> With raiment and arms shall friends gladden each other. So has one proved oneself, till friends last longest, if fate be fair, who give and give again. So now what that essentially says, you know, when they talk about with raiments and arms, friends shall gladden each other. That doesn't mean you're meeting your friends with weapons. That means you meet your friends with gifts. Um, For friends last longest, if fate be fair, who give and give again. This is talking about the gift cycle that we talk about so much that plays such a huge cornerstone in our faith. Friends, you know, it's specifically saying that your bonds deepen and your friendship will last longer and longer if you guys constantly have a cycle of giving to each other. Now, notice I say giving to each other because not, not every gift has to be something material or physical. Your gift could be your continued friendship or support in a time of need. And likely you could receive that as well. But notice that the translation says, who give and give again. It doesn't say give and receive. You're obviously going to receive gifts if they give them to you. But the main idea I think Odin's going for with this is giving and giving. You're not worried about receiving. You're not worried about taking. It's about what you can give to your friends and about how you can support them and what you can do for them. Um, This goes true not only with our friends here on Midgard, but with the gods and our ancestors. That's how you build that bond with them, is through this gift cycle that this stanza is talking about. Really important stanza, I think, again, that stanza 41 sets a real cornerstone for how we practice our rituals and how we view the gods, and as well as each other. But so we're going to jump right into this. Uh, What is a kindred? A kindred is essentially what you want to think of as, and I kind of want to use this example, but there's going to be some differences I'm going to have to clarify on. A kindred is almost like a church gathering group, you know, like the groups that gather at churches to um, worship and praise and sing together and everything. But it's a little bit more personal for a kindred. Um, we're not standing there listening to someone talk about 
this story or that story for an hour and then do a big group prayer where pretty much the person stands in the front, says it, and you just say amen to pass the collection plate around it. This is more a group of people that you view as your kin and as fr- like close friends, fellow members of the faith that you can get together with and talk to and worship and not worship, venerate with on however often of a basis. Um, obviously I told you guys all that I'm part of the Sonner Ulfer kindred. Um, I couldn't imagine being a part of another one. It's so phenomenal to know that if I just look to any different person in this kindred, that they're going to be there for me 100%. They're going to back me up and be there to support me. Um, so with that going on, there's when you start looking for kindreds, where are you going to find a kindred? Obviously, if you know anyone that's a heathen that's already a part of one, that's a good place to start. There's different uh, organizations out there that, number one, have their own kindred, but they also have ways to link you up with other kindreds. Some of them are, was it the Asa Troop Communities 1, uh, Waken in the North, the Asa or what is it? Was it the Asatru Folk Assembly, uh, the Troth, International Asatru Foundation, I believe, is one. They're all great sites um, that are connected to these big organizations that span nationwide. And what they do is if you're a part of them, they can actually help you find other heathens in your area that you might be able to contact uh, and talk to about joining them for one of their kindred meetings for a Sunbell or Bloat or just get linked up with them so you guys can even start your own kindred. Now with these, what you're going to want to look for, the first thing is what type of kindred there are. There's basically three different views, not only on kindreds, but on the faith as a whole when it comes to how a kindred operates. And that's going to be universal, tribal, and folkish. Universal is essentially your... Everyone's allowed in, Everyone's pract- everyone can practice however they want to practice, and it's exactly like it sounds, universal. All, everyone can fit into that. Tribal is, I want to say it's the view that you're essentially acting as a tribe, and no one else from, from outside of your tribe is going to be practicing with you. So that's, you know, essentially if they have a sunbell, it's only members it's only people that are part of that kindred are allowed in. You have to become accepted to the kindred before you join that. And then folkish is one. I, I don't agree with it. Uh, there are some groups that follow it, and that that's completely their right. I'm not here to bash them. I'm not here to say that they're wrong. Um, folkish is the belief that you can only practice Asatru or Norse heathenry, Norse paganism, if you're of Northern European descent, they believe that the gods are tied to our genetic line. Again, like I said, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, they have every right to practice that way. As long as they're not hurting anyone or, you know, defaming anyone, then it's, it's their choice. I I let them do their thing, not speaking ill of them. Um, I tend to be more the universal same with my kindred. We have the belief that, you know, as long as you're a good person and you're venerating the gods and building that relationship with them and honoring your ancestors, 
what does it matter anything else about you? If you're a good person, you're a good person. Plain and simple. Um, so now once you have that in mind, figure out what you're looking for in those three aspects. Say you find a kindred on Facebook. You know, Facebook's another great site that you can go on, look around. I'm sure there's different heathen groups all over the country that are, you know, maybe a little 20, 30 person regional group. Because so say you found someone, uh, has a kindred, you want to get your interested in what they're about. Some of the biggest things you really want to look for, uh, bylaws is important. Different groups will have different laws for different things like, you know, what it takes to become a member. Are there monthly dues that go to an account that are used for the kindred? Do, is there a certain way to handle, say, absenteeism or breaking a frith? You know, there's all kinds of bylaws that can be out there, um, the Sonderol for Kindred no longer has bylaws. They, I found that they got in the way a lot. That it was almost made you focus on if someone wasn't, you know, at X number of some bells, then it, it we really focused on that rather than why does it matter what the attendance is? As long as you're keeping your word and you're a part of the Kindred, it, you're, the amount of times you show up to a meeting does, shouldn't matter. Uh, that was us. It put a lot of stress on our kindred, led to several arguments and uh, schisms, essentially, in the in our group. Now we really don't have it. It's more more of the honor system now. Not going to work for everyone. Uh, we found it works for us because we're so tight-knit and we're so close to each other, not geographically, but uh, spiritually and emotionally. Another thing to be on the look for if they have a 501c3. That sounds like just a bunch of numbers. What the 501c3 essentially is means is they have applied to the government and they are now recognized as a tax-exempt religious group legally. Um, a lot of the groups I mentioned earlier have their 501c3, so they are a legitimate, I don't want to say church, but they're a legitimate religious organization. It's not super important. We don't have ours. We've thought about going for it. It's a lot of hoops to jump through. You have to have a lot of stuff set up and whatnot. But if you want to be recognized by the government and actually use it, you know, if you're doing something like that, then that means that whoever your officiant is could actually have wedding powers if they don't already have it on their own from outside. Different things you get from it that I don't think is really necessary to practicing the faith. But it is something so that you can actually have legitimacy in the eyes of the government. Um, now, the next two I'm going to talk about are probably the biggest things you should be looking for when you go for a kindred. Strength of the bonds within the kindred. That is one of the most important things. A kindred is supposed to be supportive and uplifting and tight when we talk about a kindred the word kin is in there literally meaning you know family someone that's akin to you that it shouldn't be like a melancholy uh, altruistic kind of thing everyone should be close to each other and everyone should have a certain amount of respect and love i'll, I'll say it i'll say love for each other I love the people in my kindred. 
absolutely from the bottom of my heart, I would do anything for them. And I know most of them would do anything for me. It's straight to it. That's how you build a good group. And that's how you get in there. And that's how you really get that bond. Because remember, too, when you're practicing with a kindred, you're literally tying your weird with theirs. So you don't want to tie your weird with someone whose thread is maybe a little loose around yours. It's not going to make a tight woven tapestry that holds up to the stress and the strain of time and different events. So that honestly, I, I think that one is the most important. When you're tying your weird with someone else, you want someone who's not going to drag your weird down. You build a, are essentially building a pool of frith within a community. And if you know people are adding muddied water to that pool of frith, the whole thing gets murky and dirty, and you don't want to be a part of it anymore. So that's a real big thing. And I'm not saying everyone has to be show up, hug each other out, and all that. It, that that's all not necessary, but that strength of bond should be there. And that's what you should look for. And obviously, it's going to take time to build that strength with each other, with them as you're coming in new. It'll take time and it'll take work. And then you'll notice then after you have that work in that you just feel proud of that bond and you feel proud of that kindred. The next big one, which, like I said, is very important too, is how they practice and if they're open to different interpretations or different ways that other people practice. We talked before in a past episode about how everyone can practice differently and that's completely fine. There's not really a wrong way to be a heathen when it comes to practicing. So you want to make sure that their practice lines up in some way with yours. It doesn't have to be the exact same way. I'm not saying you have to go out and find five people that all practice exactly the same as you do. But it shouldn't be something that goes against something you believe. For example, some people in the heathen faith practice animal sacrifice. That's fine. That's what our ancestors did. As long as it's being done safe and legally, who cares? But if you go to a kindred to join them and they they do that and you're not okay with that, obviously the kindred's not going to be for you. Um, I'm going to talk about open to new ideas. It, it's just that. How willing are they to accept new information? As heathens, we should always be accepting new information. I've said it before, we're the religion with homework, the religion of learning. So if you're not open to new ideas, you're not learning. That doesn't mean if you say something, they have to do it and have to put it into effect. But there should be an opening there so that it can be discussed and talked about to see maybe we do want to try and incorporate some ideas from that into this. Big important part, uh, I honestly think, since we are supposed to be so evolving, you know, this whole faith, every time, every time a new person comes into it, every time a new person gets a new idea, this faith evolves and it becomes its own organism. So your kindred should really reflect that. Your kindred should be opening to make changes or at least opening to hearing new ideas that might make them better. Not every idea is going to be, you know, a Nobel Prize winner, and that's fine. But if you're not open to any new ideas, you're never going to get that grand idea. So now what if you have a group of heathens already? 
you know, you're not quite a kindred. You don't want to look for a kindred. You want to form a kindred amongst yourselves. Pretty much everything I said in this episode tonight that you want to look for is my best advice for starting a kindred. And start small. A normal kindred throughout the country, I think, is usually about five to six people. We were on the larger end at one point. I think we had over 10 people. Obviously, not everyone could get together every month or whatnot, but it's not important. Even if your kindred's only two or three people, it's a kindred. It's almost better to have a smaller, tight-knit kindred than one with 100 people where you barely know 75% of them. If, if it gets to that point, is it really a kindred then? So it's great to make a kindred grow. And as you see, if you start one out, you're going to see there's a lot of growing pains. It's going to take a lot of time. Um, I'm talking months and months and months, possibly even a year or two or three to figure out different things. There's going to be parts that pop up that you never would have thought of. Um, for example, at one point, we came down to an issue where our bylaws were changing every month and it was impossible to keep up with. So we had to figure out a way to slow that down. You know, we ended up creating like a small council of three members of the kindred that would essentially be a checks and balance amongst each other to slow things down and keep things on pace with where we needed to be at. Um, that ended up not working out. It just, we didn't think it was good to have all the power in three people, especially when, you know, no one else had a say. And that's one big thing too. I'll, I'll give you that piece of advice as well. Be open to everyone. Let everyone have a say. It's how you're going to get the most information and how you're really going to make decisions that affect everyone is if you hear from everyone. But don't be afraid. Like I said, start with two or three people that are close. Pick a name. Make a draft of bylaws. Um, make a way. You know, you're going to have to talk about a structure for the kindred. Most kindreds will have like a chieftain a Gothi, you could have a Dryton, a Vishki, a Gathia. There's there's all kinds of titles and stuff you can use to fill. I say don't get hung up on the glitz and glamour. Don't get hung up on the titles. The one thing I stress to every kindred is to have a Gothi, someone that knows the rites and rituals of your kindred, someone that is dedicated and wants to further them and connect spiritually with everyone. I think that's the most important. Um, some groups use the Gothi as their chieftain or their leader. Pick what works for you. Try different things out. You're not going to get it right on the first try. And there are going to be times where you feel that the kindred is struggling within itself or even struggling to just stay afloat. Push through it. Get through it. If the bonds are there, then it's going to survive. Because that bond is the kindred. Without that bond, the kindred is nothing more than a group of people getting together and talking about stuff. You got to have that that faith in each other, that frith building up 
That's what makes a kindred a kindred. A kindred's more of a family than a group. So that's what you want to make. And not every family's perfect. No family's perfect. There's going to be fights. There's going to be disagreements. That's fine. Push through them and remember that at the end of the day, the kindred is the kindred that you love. And that they're going to be there even after the disagreement. But that's about all I got for tonight for you guys. Um, I am planning as of right now, coming back next week for another episode. I haven't decided what I'm going to do that episode on. So if anyone has any ideas or something they want to hear, feel free to shoot me an email at sonnerolfer21 at gmail.com. Spelling is the same as the title of the podcast, S-A-N-N-R-U-L-F-R-21. If you guys have anything to input about what a kindred is and what you think a kindred should be, something you feel every kindred should have, again, feel free to email me about anything. I love discussing this. It's one of the highlights of my week coming here and doing this to discuss this with you guys. So please, if you got any input, feel free to give it to me. Um. I think after next week, I'm going to be taking a short break from doing these. Uh, probably a couple, maybe two or three weeks. Haven't said anything in stone yet, but next week's episode is probably going to be like uh, the mid-season finale, if you will. But with that, I'm going to get to finishing this up and posting it up so you guys can all listen to. Again, huge thanks for the 100, visit, or the 100 views estimated audience of 15 people i think that's freaking awesome i can name i think four people that have listened to every episode so to know that there's 11 other people out there listening to me i i'm humbled and i'm proud at the same time thank you guys so i want to wish you guys all skull for the night hope you guys are all safe and well thank you guys for joining me again and hope to hear from you again here soon and we'll see you next week